children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up. So let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. Praise the Lord together singing Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Praise the Lord together singing Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. Praise the Lord together singing. Praise the Lord together singing. Praise the Lord together singing. Alleluia. 
awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing then in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. General, in your opinion, how much longer is this war going to last? Your Majesty, the Syrians have already surrendered. It will be but a short time before the Ammonites surrender. A week or three at the most. Oh, good. Then I'm going back to Jerusalem and leave the war up to you. I'm tired and weary. Anyway, you don't need me. You're an able and capable general. Thank you, Your Majesty. Shall I assign a special detail to escort you to Jerusalem? No, Joab. Just my armor bearer and champions will be enough. I'm going to do nothing but rest for a while. Good luck to you here, Joab. Let me know how the war progresses. I will, Your Majesty. Anything I can do, Master? No, no. I'm just restless. It's so warm inside. It's cooler up here on the roof. Uh, you may go. I'll be all right. Yes, Master. Good evening, Master. Uh, just a minute, just a minute. Yes, Master. Over there on that rooftop. Look at that beautiful woman. Who is she? I know not, Master. We'll go find out quickly. Quickly. Yes, yes, Master. Yes, yes. Who is she? Her name, Master, is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Ah, she's already married. And to Uriah, one of my best and most gallant and faithful officers. Oh, well, I... I want you to go over there to her home and ask her to come here as soon as she can. Tell her that the king demands an audience with her. Yes, Master. <laughs> David had been successful in his battles and popular with his people. This honor and adulation were not without effect upon David. He began to feel that he was the important one. He forgot that he had been successful because he had followed God's leading. When the beauty of Bathsheba attracted David, he determined that he would have her, even if he must trample God's precepts in order to obtain his own selfish and lustful desires. Here, sit down, Bathsheba. I... Well, thank you, Your Majesty. No need to be frightened or nervous. Relax. No one will harm you. Well, it isn't every day that a humble subject gets summoned before her king. It isn't every day that a king has the pleasure of such beautiful company. Oh? Kings have feelings, too, you know, just like any other man. And, if I may say so, you're one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. Thank you, sir. But I... Well, I'd better go now. After all, I am married, and my husband... He's might... with Joab, fighting the Ammonites, isn't he? Yes, Your Majesty. Well, then he won't be home for a while. Probably not. I know he won't. He's been gone quite a while, and... Well, aren't you rather lonesome without him? Oh, indeed I am, Your Majesty. Well, I'm lonesome, too. So won't you stay and uh, <laughs> talk a while? Well, what will people think? And say. It matters only what the king thinks, and I am the king. Well, don't you want to stay a while with me? I can have no desire except to please my king. Ah, good. <laughs> Slave, bring some refreshments. <laughs> ah, 
I think Bathsheba's a beautiful name. A beautiful name for a beautiful woman. <laughs> the evening, too, is beautiful. Send a messenger to the battlefront and ask General Joab to send Uriah here to me immediately. The king sends for you. You will leave immediately. What does the king want of me? How would I know? Just do as he commands. Long live the king. Ah, greetings, Uriah. How is General Joab and his officers and men? The battle, how is it? Oh, very fine, Your Majesty. Uh, to all the questions. <laughs> uh, the war goes especially well. Uh, General Joab expects the Ammonites to surrender any day now. Mm. And you, Uriah, how are you? Oh, tired, Your Majesty, and weary of the war like all the other soldiers. But otherwise, I'm fine, sir. You're one of my finest and most loyal officers. I thought, um... I thought I'd give you a rest from the war. Oh. So go to your home, Uriah, and rest. I'm sure you'll be glad to see your wife again, and she you. His Majesty is very thoughtful. I give your wife her king's greetings and blessing. You may go now, Uriah. Long live the king. Long live the king! Live the key. Good morning, Uriah. Did you sleep well? Oh, yes, sir. And thank you, sir. They tell me you did not go home as I bade you, but slept with the servants. No, King. The ark of God and the people of Israel dwell in tents. Joab and his men sleep in open fields. Why then should I go to the comforts of my home? Uh, Nay, Your Majesty, I cannot. Well, uh, <laughs> remain here for a few more days, Uriah, and rest. Then will I let you return to the battlefield. Scribe, one of my officers named Uriah is here in Jerusalem, awaiting my permission to return to the battlefield. Find him, will you, and bring him before me. <laughs> More wine, Uriah? Uh, yes, yes, I could use another drink. <laughs> now, will you go home and see your wife oh, and rest? No, no, Your Majesty. As, as long as my friends are fighting a war, I will not go home. <laughs> they can't, neither shall I. <sighs> you may return to the battlefield now, Uriah. When you go, will you take this letter I've written to General Joab? General, sir, here's a letter for you from the king. Thank you, Uriah. Joab, greetings. I want you to place the bearer of this letter, Uriah by name, in the hottest part of the battle. Then get you away from him, that he may be smitten by the Ammonites and die. I wonder why all this fuss about Uriah. Uriah, come hither, please. Yes, sir. The, uh, the king highly commends you for faithfulness and loyalty. I need a brave, courageous man right now at the walls of Rabba. Go there immediately and take charge of the fighting. Yes, sir. David, who at one time would not even harm the wicked king Saul because he was the Lord's anointed, had so forgotten God that he now desired to take the life of an innocent, upright man in order to satisfy his selfish desires. A little harder with that battering ram, men! Down with the walls of Rabbi! 
man, and we... <gasps> sir, sir, you're hit. I'll carry you back to the rear. No. No. I'm dying, so pay no attention to me. Just get those walls down. Harder with that ram. And so, Your Majesty, General Joab wants you to know that the faithful Uriah fell and died heroically. Take word to Joab that he's not to worry about it. War devours one as well as another. Tell him to fight a little harder and overthrow Rabbah. Yes, Your Majesty. Long live the king. Long live the king. Scribe, as soon as her time of mourning is past, send for the wife of Uriah. I would converse with her. Bathsheba, your husband died valiantly on the field of battle. I, uh, <laughs> or you're beautiful, and I would that thou become my wife. It's the least I can do for the widow of my most faithful officer. The king's least wish is my command. It would be an honor to be queen. <laughs> your queen. <laughs> continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Hey Rico, why are you sitting under this tree looking like you don't have a friend in this whole world? Because I don't have a friend in this whole world. What about Alita? Isn't she your friend? She used to be, and now she thinks she's in love with Carl and doesn't have time for me. What about Caitlin? I've seen you guys hanging out. We're not speaking. Long story. Dana? You once said that Dana was the perfect friend. I was wrong. So you're just going to sit here being depressed? That's my plan. Rico, being depressed isn't good for you. It makes you sit under trees and sigh all day long. You stop doing stuff, which means you don't get any exercise. You start eating junk food like ice cream and donuts, which make you fat. You start getting bad grades in school. And soon, you're a little old, fat, grouchy lady living in a cabin in the woods talking to raccoons. Sounds good to me. Come on, stop being depressed. How? Well, first of all, let's go for a walk. That'll get your blood flowing, and that'll take the oxygen to your brain and make you feel better. Then we'll stop by Habib's Market and buy some mangoes. You love mangoes. Then we'll pass by Dana's house and throw a brick through her window. <laughs> Sam, you really know how to cheer me up. You're a pretty good friend. Hey, I thought you didn't have any friends in this whole world. I was wrong. I've got you. And don't you forget it, girl. By the way, do you have any money? Mr. Habib doesn't give mangoes away, you know. I have to buy my own mango? Hey, it's your depression. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Heaven's going to be
Happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 10 Treasure. Let's look around, Chris said, trying to figure out a way to stay with his friends and still find the treasure. Maybe we can find some kind of trail that goes up or around. Forget it, Chris, Ryan said. There's no trail around here. Have you thought of praying about it? A voice asked inside Chris. It almost sounded like his mother. Hold it, guys, Chris said suddenly. Let's pray. He felt a little embarrassed to suggest it, but he was surprised by the response. Yeah, right, Sammy said. Good idea, Jenny said. Now we're thinking like a team, Willie said. Ryan didn't say anything. Dear Jesus, Chris said, we've been looking at this selfishly, but now I think you really want us to find this treasure. Help us, Jesus. Help us to think like the friends that we are, together. Amen. Ryan barely waited until their eyes were open. I'm going up the cliff. Are you coming, Chris? With everyone's eyes on him, Chris finally had to decide. Slowly, he shook his head. My friends are more important than the treasure, Ryan. I'm staying with them. Being first isn't the most important thing in the world. Forget it, then, Ryan said. I'm not waiting around for you, wimps. He waded across the shallow water to the base of the rock wall and started climbing. Chris closed his eyes and sat down on a big flat rock near the water's edge. Maria stomped her foot. I don't care what Ryan thinks. I'm going to get an adult before he gets hurt. 
When she left, Willie and Sammy went farther up the river looking for trails. Jenny kept trying to talk Ryan into coming back. Dee Dee plopped down beside Chris. I know that was hard, she said. Thanks for sticking with us. Chris smiled. That baptismal class starts next Wednesday, doesn't it? When Dee Dee nodded, he went on. I think I've made up my mind for good, Chris said. I don't care what Ryan says. I want to be baptized. Dee Dee looked at him, puzzled. What helped you make up your mind? Lots of things, he said. I saw how important being a Christian was to you guys, and I do want to go to heaven. But mostly I realized how easy it was to get wrapped up in things like money and being first. I don't want those things to take over my life. Dee Dee smiled and nodded. And you always have to have room in your life for friends, Chris said. Right? Right, Dee Dee said, reaching out and patting Chris's hand. Just then they heard rocks tumbling down the canyon wall. They whirled around to see Ryan about 20 feet up the side of the canyon. Help! His voice wailed strangely. I'm stuck! Come back down, Willie called to him. I, I can't, Ryan said. I can't go up or down. Maybe I can climb up and help him, Chris thought. But before he could take a step toward the river, the park ranger truck appeared around the corner. Maria was riding with Ranger Bob. Well, it didn't take you kids long to get into mischief, did it? Ranger Bob said. He walked over to the canyon wall and looked up at Ryan. Got yourself in a fix, didn't you? Ryan looked down shakily and nodded. Well, you just hang on there, son. I'm a bit too old to be climbing around here, but I'll get one of the younger rangers to get you down. Ranger Bob looked at the other kids and winked. He'll be fine, he said quietly. We get people doing crazy things around here all the time. Haven't lost one yet. He looked around. I see that you found the waterfall. Everyone's heads popped. What? Where? Chris asked. Right here, Ranger Bob said, pointing to the rapids. That's what I wanted to tell you kids earlier. These cliffs are made from sandstone. Sandstone crumbles easily and water wears it down. Willie nodded. So I was right after all. This was a waterfall. It's just like Mrs. Shue said. The geography changed. Another ranger truck pulled up, and two rangers waded across the stream toward Ryan. Chris stared out at the water. So if this is the waterfall, where is the treasure? Under the crow, the map said. But I don't see any rocks that look like crows. Ranger Bob shrugged. When the waterfall washed away, the crow rock probably fell over. And if the treasure's under the water, that money would have rotted away years ago. It may be gone for good. Chris's shoulders sagged. You're probably right. He dropped down to the sand and stared out at the water. At least we found the spot where the treasure was hidden. He tried to sound cheerful, but he didn't feel that way. Don't feel bad, Dee Dee said from where she was still sitting on top of the rock. I think you found a more important treasure. Chris looked up to smile at her. As he did, something caught his eye. Why would someone draw on this rock, he thought. He bent down for a closer look. What are you looking at, Sammy asked. Chris popped up with a big grin. Someone drew a picture on this rock, and it looks like this. He drew a stick figure on the sand. It's a crow, Sammy said. The map didn't mean a rock that looked like a crow. Tom Elliott must have painted a crow on this rock. Chris's eyes sparkled, and the treasure must be buried right here. Oh, no, Dee Dee moaned. We didn't bring anything to dig with. That's no problem, Ranger Bob said. We've got shovels in the truck. With Ranger Bob's shovel, Chris soon had the sand flying. The others heard it as soon as he felt it. Clunk! That's it, Jenny cried. After a few more shovelfuls of sand, Chris and Sammy reached into the hole and pulled out an old rusty metal box. Careful, Ranger Bob said. It's so rusty it could fall to pieces. As old and ugly as the box was, everyone crowded around as if they were waiting to open Christmas presents. Chris and Sammy eased it onto the flat rock and stepped back. 
Well, here it is, Chris said. Open it, Jenny said. Don't you think you should say something special, Ranger Bob teased. Open it, they all shouted. Ranger Bob took the shovel and smacked the rusty lock once. It shattered. He pushed the box open. All of them held their breaths. Stacks of bills wrapped in paper bands took up one side of the box. It's the money, Chris almost whispered. Wait a minute, Sammy said. That doesn't look like any money I've ever seen. It's definitely not American money. Yeah, said Chris. It's too big. The colors are different. And who's this guy in the picture on the front? I guess the dollar bills in 1887 looked different than they do now, Ranger Bob said. What's this other stuff, Jenny asked, looking at the bundle on the other side. Letters, Maria said. And look, they're all addressed to people living in Mill Valley. Careful, Chris said. Remember how delicate the map was? We don't want to break our money or those letters. Just then, Ryan dashed across the stream. Wait for me, he called out. Chris turned and stared. Ryan looked angry at first, then embarrassed. Are you okay? Chris finally asked. Ryan nodded and stared at the ground. Guys, Maria said, I figured out who this treasure belongs to. The money was going to a bank in Mill Valley. The letters all have Mill Valley addresses, and this is city property that we found the treasure hidden on. So that means everything belongs to the city, Willie said quietly. At least to the City Historical Society, Maria said. Well, maybe there's a reward for it, Ranger Bob offered hopefully. Tom Elliott hid it up here for four years without spending it. Then he died of the flu without even seeing what was inside the box, Chris said. I think we got a pretty good reward in comparison. Ranger Bob was more right than the others could guess. Mill Valley's mayor and historical society were excited to get the missing treasure and letters. In return, they deposited a savings bond in the bank for each child to be used to help pay for college. Dee Dee, however, got an extra reward. It's a letter from my great-great-grandmother to my great-great-grandfather, she said, showing Chris the yellowed letter. They were engaged to be married. She was writing to tell him that she would be coming from Philadelphia in a few weeks. Imagine, Dee Dee added, the last person who looked at this letter was my father's 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 mother-to-be, and she was only 18. That is probably the coolest thing I have ever seen, Chris said. Imagine if this letter could tell its story, what it would tell us. It would probably say, what took you guys so long? I've been waiting in that dark old hole in the ground for a hundred years, Dee Dee said. Dee Dee and Chris laughed. Well, Pastor Hill said, coming into the room, it's time to get this baptismal class started. Chris and Maria covered their mouths with their hands to stop their snickering. Pastor Hill looked at them and smiled. I guess I should start off by asking you two what made you decide to be baptized. It's a long story, Chris said. Got a couple of hours? you have heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book one the mysterious treasure map it was written by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become.
the children come Please let the children come Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.